What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to the NerdWide Podcast. This is episode 71. I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Chris Rivers. Now, Chris, it's been two weeks since we've recorded. Uh, well, a week and a half-ish. How are you, sir, and how have you been? I'm doing pretty good, man. How have you been doing? Excellent. We took the last weekend off um, for our five-year anniversary with my wife. Went down to Nashville, hung out there for four days, kid-free. I recommend it to do that every now and again and but it's good to be back good to be back into the normal rhythm of things we got a lot of fun things to talk about and i just i'm glad to be sitting here talking to you that's all i'm gonna say yes same so same. take that world uh quick housekeeping don't forget to subscribe to either our youtube or podcasting services of your choice if you enjoy the show make sure you leave a thumbs up on youtube or give us a good rating for your podcasting apps if you don't enjoy what you see or hear make sure you leave us a comment let us know how we can improve the show and if you want to do more you can always go to patreon.com slash nerdwide three different tiers there for three different monetary values to pitch into the show and it gives you a couple of goodies on each tier if you want to do it that way uh reminder my book is up for the the morian treasure by Oh Lord, he even told me how to pronounce his name. K.S. Uh, Mallet. And our also our YouTube video of Let's Fix DC is I highly recommended that one because, oh man, that was fun. And Chris has got some great ideas and the fact that he hasn't been hired yet, let you know, just lets me know something. Um, but anyways, Chris, TV-wise, what you've been watching these past two weeks? Man, I've just been getting caught up on some of the stuff. Uh, finally finished this season of NCIS. Mm. Um, working on finishing The Rookie. I think I've got one episode of that left. And then, yeah, I need to get caught back up on Oak Island. Mm. That's a good show. I need to I need to start watching that show. But I've got like such a backlog of TV shows that I'd, I don't even know where I'm at right now. It just depends on what will- mood I'm in as well. It will frustrate you. Oh, really? Because I can't it, figure it, out the curse of Oak Island. <laughs> well, so the thing is, what they're finding in all these episodes I've watched, because I think it's on like season nine now or something, right, is significant. Because they're finding like fragments of wood buried deep in the earth, hmm. dating back a couple centuries or more. Right. And it's like, well, how did this get down there? So it's, they're finding stuff that historically is exciting. Right. But it's not, it's like, it. they keep finding like little chunks of wood, a, a little coin. Mm-hmm. Everyone's waiting on the big reveal of the treasure. If they found it or and, not. Yeah. Oh, see, oh, like, that stuff like that, I would love to, to do and watch but i don't know if nine seasons of it i could because i think you're you're right i'd probably get really frustrated at it because i'm yeah. like yeah we, we got to get to the point here you know yeah this, this money's yeah. got to be on somewhere okay yeah, um, exactly so what have uh, you been watching i have watched quite a few things these past two weeks um this is a series finale it happened this past week phenomenal episode i cried both during the penultimate episode and this last one just because it's over i mean it's it's been was it six or seven seasons, and I mean this. Uh, I can remember watching this in the apartment two houses ago, you know, uh, before I got married, and now it's finally done. Uh, we watched the Rock season two finale, just phenomenal show, especially about uh, the Rock, just seeing his history. And so let me ask you, go ahead. 
real quick about This Is Us. I saw a headline that Mandy Moore was, I guess, on the set watching the final set. Was she not in makeup there at the end? So playing the older version of her character or it, I, I it, didn't it's a spoiler so I, I can I can enter it later or off air because it just happened this past week two weeks rather but it's a spoiler of why okay that wouldn't that why she wish she was um but yeah it's it's good Ugh, what an episode doesn't help that the whole Pearson family Steelers fans I mean that really hooked us into it um, I also started Our Flag Means Death, the, the Taika Watiti, he's, he plays Blackbeard in the pirate show. It's called The Gentleman oh, Pirate. Oh, yeah, yeah. So good. Yeah. I, I recommend it to everybody. It's on HBO Max. And it's like a, a comedy spoof of pirating to an extent. And I may be halfway through the first season. And it's just so funny. Like, they do a really good job with it. And Taika Watiti, every time I hear him, I hear Korg, though, from Thor. So... <laughs> But you know, it just it's just his certain voice he uses. And then right. this last week came out Obi Wan Kenobi. I started I finished the first episode and I was gonna start watching it and work while I was doing it. But I got to the recap and they did they cut it so well I started tearing up a little bit and not paying attention to work. I said, Yeah, I have to give this its own time, so I can't do, I can't watch this at work. And so I turned it off and watched it later that night and i've got the because i dropped two episodes so i've got one more episode to watch a bit but man it's it's good it's really good and i'm excited to see where the series goes so there's one thing that i'm i'm looking forward to watching um outside of our show that's coming back and outside of the new show that we're going to talk about i saw this today actually i don't know how it how it kind of escaped my radar um judd apatow has released a documentary called it's a two-parter called George Carlin's American Dream and it's about Carlin's career and everything so that's something I think I'm going to be checking out this week oh, it's on uh, HBO Max it says uh it was Carlin what I'm trying to because yeah it, it just dropped because I'm seeing mm -hmm. everything on here Chronicles of Life and Work of the Legendary Comedian that would be a good one Judd Apatow yeah. what, a, what a guy yeah. Man, that sounds like a good one. I'm going to put that on my list somewhere so I can put it on my backlog so I can hit it whenever I get to it. God, I'm so far behind on everything. Oh, I know. I, I logged in to watch our movie for this week, and there on the screen was the Val documentary about Val oh, Kilmer. And yeah. I was like, I still I haven't forgot about one. that one. We're going to have to make it a point one week to, yeah. uh, to watch that because that's mm -hmm. something I really do want to watch. Hmm. With Top Gun Maverick, I don't even know if he. I don't think he was in it, right? Because he. Yeah, he's in it. Oh, he's in it. Oh, see, that's another movie. I'm. I've heard nothing but great things about. Like all the people he, that I follow are like, this is the best movie that's ever been made. From what I read about it, he doesn't talk in the movie mm. except for a little bit, and because he's using a voice box now. Yeah. Because it was, you know, throat cancer, and um, so he he talks a little bit, but yeah, very but very crazy. little. Yeah. Well, it's like you can't do a movie without him. And right. so, um, speaking of this week, Superman Low West does finally come back, hopefully until the end, with no more hiatuses. I, I haven't gotten any confirmation 
or seen anybody post anything that were that it is going to be delayed again. But that does not say anything because we had two weeks of episodes and then it just stopped again. So, now how many episodes did they do this season? Because this is twelve that's You're coming right. up. I think they did fifteen last time. How many episodes are in season two of Supernovas? Oh, it just says one. Thank, thanks, Google. <laughs> so, how many episodes were in season two of Supernovas? You know, how it always does like it's pre-populated thing. It just says yeah. one. Oh, thanks. That's excellent. That's that's wonderful. Yeah, so, so we're on we're on season twelve now of You're Superman right. and Lois. According to this series, um, let's see next season. Oh, so it's running all the way until June twenty eighth of this year, but that doesn't really help me with episodes. No, right. that would be what like four more. So we four yeah we got ones. four more. So it's fifteen, so 15. episodes again. So we got so that means they'll probably. So it looks like we're going every week now. They'll give us two episodes, then they'll take an unplanned three-week hiatus. And... <laughs> so we've got this week will be Lies That Bind. Next week is All Is Lost, then World War, Bizarre, and then Waiting for Superman. Oh, what a title for a finale. Oh, that gives me chills. Okay. Um, so let's finally so based on that. Based on that, what do you think is coming up? I mean, I think this World, week's... World War Bazaar is right before the finale, mm-hmm. so maybe he he goes back, right to or the bizarre either that world. Or they all cross over, and somehow there's a big war going on now because everyone's here. And <sighs> maybe she maybe she turns Superman temporarily, mm. and they're waiting on the real him to come back. Oh, I wonder. They've kind of done that, though. Yeah. So I, don't, I don't know. This is... There's a... Mm. But it's DC, so... Yeah. I'm waiting for Superman's the... Huh. I wonder if he disappears again somehow. But he just... He's already disappeared this arc. So, I mean... Uh-huh. Uh, for a month, might we add. Uh, we're also going to be watching The Boys Season 3. And that is a very graphic and very raunchy show, so expect that to get very raunchy uh, on the podcast. Yeah. So that's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be good. Every time they post, they keep posting every day. And I'm just like, yeah, I can't wait. That's probably this week I'm going to have to rewatch season one and season two just to make sure I'm 100% fully caught up on it again. Yes. Quick news here. Number one, a new Daredevil series is moving forward at Disney+. Plus. We're going to Variety.com by Joe Otterson. A new Daredevil series is moving forward at Disney+, Plus, with Variety having exclusively learned from sources that Matt Corman and Chris Ord are attached to write and executive produce. Rumors have persisted for some time that Disney Plus series about the man without fear was in the works, especially considering that two of the stars of the Netflix Daredevil series, Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio, D'Onofrio, anyways, have appeared in recent Marvel projects. Cox walks again played Matt Murdock, the secret identity of Daredevil, in the Spider-Man No Way Home, while D'Onofrio reprised the the role of Wilson Fisk, uh, Kingpin, in Disney Plus series Hawkeye. It now appears that this project is picking up steam with the hiring of Corman and Ord, although Marvel has yet to announce anything uh, regarding the show formally. So, which Corman and Ord most famously yeah. co-created the USA Network series Covert Affairs, starring Piper Bravo and Christopher Gorham. So He's before back. we started, before we started recording, we were talking about the fact that there's a um, 
rumor, I guess we can say at this point, mm -hmm. about Kristen Ritter coming back to reprise Jessica Jones. It'd be a good series for her to show up in. Right. I mean, but that's also a ways off, so who knows? Yeah, I mean, they haven't even, they just hired them on for the project, so that's like, that's the first step. And now they're going to have to yeah. write the story and get started on it. But Man. I, like you said before the show, I could see her showing up in She-Hulk somehow, mm -hmm. some way. Cause there's, As an investigator. Yeah, there, there's no way that she, okay, there's a good chance she doesn't. But I don't, especially with, the, so listen, they put uh, Kingpin in Hawkeye. And they put Helm in um, Daredevil in Spider-Man. So, I mean, I feel like they, she's going to be in it. I, I think she's going to be in it. I'm, I'm going to put my money there. Uh, it's either towards the end, a cameo somewhere. I'm putting my money on. She's going to be in it. because It could swerve us, though. They could leave her out of this and put her in Miss Marvel. That's true. Oh, see, She-Hulk's going to set up a lot of fun things. And especially, like, with the, the lawyer for superheroes. That's just going to be a lot of fun. Because, I mean, I think... She even represents Moon Knight at one point in time, and this is how you connect them all. I mean, yeah. they can easily do it. So, but we got Miss Marvel first, and then She Hulk. Which Miss Marvel, every time they release a new trailer for, it, I get just that little bit more excited about it, or more curious is the way I'm going with it. So because they changed her powers. Too, yeah, people weren't too thrilled with the She Hulk trailer. Mainly um, the CGI, which I I could see what they were seeing. But, yeah, but you also have to suspend disbelief. I mean, we're talking yeah. about a show about a, a a female attorney that becomes gamma radiated. Well, technically, she doesn't. She takes the blood from her cousin, and mm -hmm. she's now a giant green. That can change your will. That we think she could change your will. Right. And so, I mean, I don't know. That's something else too. The the Russo brothers, because you know, when the Hulk snapped, he had irreparable damage to his arm. And a lot of people are complaining about that because Russo brother said his arm will never be healed because you can't, that's cosmic energy and he's not cosmic being. And he snapped and they said, you know, he's, his arm's done, but in every scene of the trailer, his arm is fine. And so they were like, well, you know, they'll figure it out. Well, and so the problem I have with that is in the comic world, they've established that he's immortal. Mm -hmm. Hulk, Hulk will never die. Um. So if he's immortal, he has to be able to heal. Right. Probably just takes a very long time, or maybe see because we have it's still Smart Hulk. I don't. He's never been. We don't know that he's ever he been could. Bruce again. So. Right. Well, we had that scene at the end of Shang Chi. Hmm. Where he's he's still smart. Oh, is he Smart Hulk in that one? No, he's Bruce. Oh, you're right. Oh, so maybe and that's what offsets the arm then when he turns back into Smart Hulk and it just fixes itself. Probably. Theories. Oh, I completely forgot he was Bruce in that one. Because he was in a mm. sling in that scene too. Mm -hmm. mm. Oh, So many things coming up. Something that is not coming up though, Chris. Riverdale is finally ending with season seven. Ramonavariety.com by Joe Otterson. And I am sure every single cast member is screaming in glee. Riverdale will end with season seven of the CW, the broadcaster has announced. This news was part of the CW's 2022 fall schedule release, which say that the popular series will debut its seventh and final season at mid-season in 2023. 
Uh, the show was renewed for season seven back in March, among a slew of others like Flash, All American Kung Fu, and Walker, and is now the latest long running CW show to come to an end, with the network recently canceling Legend of Tomorrow after seven seasons. So now that it's ending, I'll probably put it on my watch list. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's it's decent. Like the season I'm on right now, there's a time jump. Mm-hmm. And it's a little different, but I hear the next season they get superpowers. So I'm like, how? I mean, what, what what are they doing? But I think Sabrina from the Netflix series comes into the show at some point too, because I mean it's yeah. it's all part of the same universe. Well, they're on CW, so they probably were given X Kryptonite right. <laughs> somehow, because <laughs> that universe is a part of this one too. <laughs> May as well be, huh? Right. It's a CW. They're all a part of the same thing. Um, this next one is a ton of news or uh, video game announcements, movies, and there's a lot of series announced in this one. Star Wars Celebration was this week, and there are a ton of new news coming with it. I'm going to IGN.com, and I'm going to refresh it because it is still happening right now. Uh, Star Wars Celebration has officially arrived, and it looks to not only reveal what the future holds for the galaxy far, far away, but also promises announcement for Indiana Jones 5, Willow, and much more. So we're going to go down through the release here because it was May 26th through today, May 29th. The first one was Star Wars Andor trailer and the release date revealed Andor the Disney Plus original series starring Diego Luna's Cassian Andor will officially premiere this year on August 31st. Alongside with the release date, they also shared the first t- trailer for the series and will take place five years prior to Rogue One. It was also confirmed that Andor's first season will consist of 12 episodes and the second part is in the works for another 12 episodes. So, the trailer looked interesting. I uh, don't know if I mean, I'm, I'm embedded into the Star Wars universe, but this one, I'm just like, eh, you know, maybe. I'll watch it, maybe. Um, yeah. Let's see. Andor is the first Star Wars show for Disney that doesn't lean on stagecraft. In an interview, they said that will be the fur, the immersive CGI screen that has been used for The Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Quote, we haven't been working with stagecraft at all for our show. No. So, that's pretty exciting. All right, and then this big one I was so excited about that was rumored to come out this year that is not, in fact, coming out this year is Star Wars Jedi Survivor was announced. The first trailer and gave us a release date of 2023. And, man, Cameron Monaghan looks so good in this game. And the trailer is like an hour and a half. I'm not an hour and a half, a minute and a half. And it looks wonderful, and I cannot wait to play it. It'd be cool if it was an hour and a half. Right, just go ahead and give me the game at that point. Um, Ahsoka first look teases Star Wars Rebels Ezra, Sabine, Hera, and Chopper. Um, Star Wars Skeleton Crew officially announced with for 2023 with Jude Law. Uh, Disney has officially announced Star Wars Skeleton Crew, a new Disney Plus original series that will launch in 2023 and star Jude Law. Created by Spider-Man No Way Home's John Watts and Christopher Ford, Star Wars Skeleton Crew will follow a group of 10-year-old kids from a small planet who get lost in a galaxy far, far away. They must try to find their way home. The story will take place after Return of the Jedi and will fit within the timeline of the Mandalorian and Ahsoka. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Mandalorian Season 3 is officially coming 2023. And it's going to have conflict with Bo-Katan. Um, trying to... they got a little fluff in here. Uh, fluff, oh, fluff, 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 fluff. Star Wars Tells the Jedi is an animated series featuring Ahsoka, Count Dooku, and Liam Neeson's Qui-Gon Jinn. 
Uh, it's an upcoming anthology of original animated shorts heading to Disney this fall that would not tell the stories of Ahsoka and Count Dooku at different parts of their lives, but also see Liam Neeson return to voice Qui-Gon Jinn. I did not know that. That's pretty cool. Uh, Indiana Jones 5. First image revealed at Star Wars Celebration. Harrison Ford stopped by Star Wars Celebration to share the first image of Indiana Jones 5. Unfortunately, there was no trailer or further story details. Uh, let's see. Anything good? Anything good? That might be... I think that... Yeah, that's all. Nothing. I mean, that's a lot of... The big thing for me there was obviously the video game and it was heavily rumored to be coming out this year unfortunately that is not the case but it's starting out 2023 is going to be the best year for video games if everything still comes out like they say it is so and i can't wait right it's it's gonna be uh what little was seen of the game because um Alana Pierce did a reaction on her channel. It looks good. It really does. I can't I can't wait, man. It's there's obviously it takes place five years after the first game. So everyone's saying Obi-Wan Kenobi, because Obi-Wan Kenobi takes place ten years after Order uh, ex- Executive Order sixty six, which five years after that is when Jedi Fallen Order took place. And so this one's supposed to take place five years after, so which puts Cal Kestis now where Obi-Wan is in the show. So everyone's hoping for a somewhat of a crossover, which would be yeah. phenomenal. And that's something Cameron, Cameron Monaghan would do. So I wonder if uh, John Favreau pulled that off. So we'll see. Maybe. I really want to see Cal Kestis in more than just the game because Cameron Monaghan's a phenomenal actor. And mm-hmm. I love the character of Cal Kestis. So much so that I'm about to, I think I'm going to, starting this week again, replay uh, Fallen Order. It's just a good game. That's so much fun. This time on the place, yeah. on the Xbox, so I can 100% it there. Um, new releases this week, Tuesday, May 31st, the Tom Swift show on the CW comes out. I'm excited to watch it. I will uh, watch it and see if it gets the, the first two episode approval for me. If I can catch on to it, then I'll keep watching it. If not, then I'll just get kicked to the curb. Like Naomi did, which I guess nobody else liked it because it got canceled as well. Uh, Friday, June third, of course, is the Boys on Prime Video season three, and oh, that's going to be an explosive fun, and I can't wait. So that's it for TV yeah. shows, though. Bow bow, bow bow. All right, on on the film, on the film, on the film. Throw it to did you film. watch anything else this week? I did. So. I watched Jackass 4.5. Watched oh. it Friday night. Finally got around to it. Well, it just came out two Fridays ago, so we're still on our hiatus. But I uh, watched it. I love the point five of the Jackasses because it's more of a behind the scenes plus extra skits mm. that weren't in the film, and it's just funny to watch it. Like they they started off with because you got about four or five new cast members that they're trying to bring in as the new Jackass crew, and it started off with them hiring them and how they came to be. And like they were like, oh, well, this one's a friend of this one. We saw this guy on YouTube. Thought he'd be great. And then it was March. I think it was March 3rd was their first shoot day. And they were talking and everything. And then they said, you know, then COVID hit. And then we didn't film for six months. 
And they said when we were filming in March, um, Johnny Knoxville had dark hair. When we came back in October, he was fully gray. And there's like that with that change going on, and they said it was just very weird because they were the first one of the first ones in LA to film for COVID, and like they had all they were, they were like the, the the test babies, so they had all these COVID tents showed up, they showed all it, and it was, it was just very interesting to see. I like the behind the scenes kind of things of the movies I enjoy, and the point fives of Jackass just never disappoint. So if right. you if you enjoy right. Jackass, make sure you watch it. It's on Netflix, so. Which is weird. The originals aren't on Netflix, but the point fives are. I don't understand that. So, yeah, that's weird. Mm-hmm. It's a Paramount it's really film, weird. so they're all on Paramount. But yeah, they released the point fives on Netflix, so I, I don't get it. Makes no sense, right? Um, I I didn't really. It was mainly TV for me this this stretch, so I didn't really watch anything but our featured movie. Oh, I can't. Wait. Um, so let's get to it. We watched Now You See Me, which, yeah, it was a 2013 film. Mm-hmm. So we're a little late to the party. Just a little. Not, um, not bad, though. Not bad. <laughs> uh, film centers around four magicians who, they're, they're doing these, they're recruited to do these three performances. And they don't know who hired them who's put them together, but they've given them all the instructions, blueprints for things that they're going to need, everything. And uh, they pull off what appear to be, in a lot of cases, these really amazing tricks, right? Oh, they were but, they were definitely amazing. Cause it... But then they, oh. they kind of take something away from it, from the first one especially, because you see the breakdown of how they did what they did. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, they, um, good old Thaddeus, which is an awesome name for a child, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, it, but essentially, this is an all-star film, right? You've got Jesse Eisenberg, who's sort of the leader of the magicians, um, playing J. Daniel Atlas. I've actually got a cast list in front of me, which normally I don't do. Because uh, <laughs> there's so many in this movie. Um, Woody Harrelson plays Merritt, who's another of the magicians. His his thing is he's he's like a mentalist, is how he um, that's his performance style. He's able to hypnotize people. Uh, Isla Fisher is Henley Reeves. She is primarily an escape artist, from Very what we see one. in the film. Yeah. And then there's Dave Franco as Jack Wilder. Um, when we see him, he's picking a guy's pocket. Like you think, he's he's doing the spoon trick, <laughs> and and this guy's like, look, he's got another spoon up his sleeve. Or, or, this is how he did it. Come on, he's yeah. a phony. And so he has to give the guy a hundred dollars because he said, if anybody can tell me how I did this, I'll give you a hundred bucks. So when he gives the guy the hundred dollars, he picks his pocket. And also gets the guy's watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's how we see that. But it appears that they rob a bank. In Vegas. In, from Vegas. Right. But the bank is in France. Which was awesome. <laughs> it's like, it's like what, what's going on? But Mark Ruffalo was in this as an FBI agent. 
Um, Melanie Laurent is in this. She's uh, with Interpol. Morgan Freeman is Thaddeus. He's a former magician. Thaddeus Bradley. You can't get a more badass name than that. I mean, that was when he said his name. I was like, yeah, yes, you are Morgan Freeman. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care what Morgan Freeman's character's name is. It's Morgan Freeman, so it's automatically automatically Morgan Freeman. (laughs) Uh, Michael Caine plays Arthur Tressler in this. Tressler is the is the guy that we're led to believe has hired these folks. Mm -hmm. He's flying them on his jet. It turns out they're basically conning Tressler. Oh, there are so many twists in this show, this movie. I loved it. That was one of the big ones. Like when they did it to him, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, then you know they're taking him down there. It's going to be a uh, just a nice little con kind of thing. But no, they were taking his money, and putting it in people's bank accounts. I was like, oh, they crossed this guy, yeah. and then they said freeze, and he became. Oh, there's so many good things in this movie. Yeah, the uh, the thing the thing is, Kane's character owns an insurance company, and they were in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So I, the way I took it is, it was related to Katrina. Yeah, they said the world's the, the worst disaster that that city's ever yeah. seen. So they yeah, it was Katrina, but without saying Katrina. Yeah, so. and uh, his company basically refused to pay out. They used loopholes to mm-hmm. get out of paying these people what they owed them, and all those people that were in that arena were people that had policies with yeah. his company. So they had not chosen. They even say, you weren't chosen at random. You're here for a reason. Yeah. And this is what the reason Jeez. is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so they they empty his bank account to pay these people the mm-hmm. money that they were owed. Cause some people are, everybody's getting different amounts, right? Yeah. One, one woman gets just over $200,000. One woman got 70. Yeah. You know, so it's it's whatever they were owed. Um, and it's so Commons in this. He yeah, plays which, another of the FBI. I mean, Common, Michael Kelly. I mean. Michael Kelly, who most people probably are familiar with from House of Cards. Mm-hmm. That's my first introduction to him. Yeah. So, I mean, it was so, it's, it's a fun movie to watch. Um, they end up. Should we go into the ending, or should we? Oh just... yeah, no. We, this was out in 2013, and we've talked. Well, about yeah, it but I, if someone hadn't seen it, well, then they need to you, skip ahead if, now. <laughs> yeah, if if you haven't seen it and you plan on watching it, skip ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, don't skip too far, or right. you'll miss the the rest of what we do. But, um, so at the end of this, we we find out that the person who's orchestrated everything, the person who hired all the the magicians, the person who's put all this together, who researched everything, is Mark Ruffalo's. Did FBI you know that? Agent. Did you catch on to that at all? No. No, I didn't either. I, and like when he appeared, I was like, the whole movie, I was like, it's got to be someone we know. I and thought it was. I thought it was. Uh, what was your character name? Um, I thought it was Alma, mm-hmm. the Interpol agent. Yep. Because they they and, they threw through some loops with her. Yeah. Oh. Well, see, and that's what I told Jamie. I said if we, if I would have thought about it, because the second one, Mark Ruffalo is a part of the team, and yeah. I was like, if I would have thought about that, that would make sense. But it's been, you know, since 2016 was the second one, and so like I completely forgot about that. And then he appeared yeah. at the end, and I said, oh my god, and I was like, well, how does he connect? Because uh, I kept mentioning Shrike the whole time. I was like, it's somehow related to him. 
because that's what Thaddeus was related to, mm-hmm. and that's what she was researching. And I said, somehow, the Shrike character is involved. And then yeah. he was his son. I was like, yeah. oh, what a twist. And had been planning this since his father's death. He was an FBI because... agent just to do this. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, and he even goes into the point of, because one of the, wasn't it... Kressler, he owns the insurance company, but didn't he own also own the steel company? Yeah, that's why how he was connected, because yeah, they made the safes the, originally, and they used they cut corners or something, and that's how they used cheap steel. Yeah. And when his father's his father was Ruffalo's character's father was locked in a safe because he was a magician, mm-hmm. lowered into the um, what was it New York Harbor. Mm-hmm. Probably. It was an ocean somewhere. And he's dropped down into the water. He's supposed to be able to get out. But when, because of the cheap steel, the steel warped when it hit the ocean bottom. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't escape. Oh. So he so he dies. And from that day forward, his character's plotting all what, of this. What is Because every, every person or everything was was connected to it somehow. Like the yeah. French bank had something to do with it, and then so did the the other company, the safe company, because they built weird, a weird lock or something. It was like everything was connected to his father's death, and like so me- methodically planned out. This kid's been doing it since he was he died when he was ten, and yeah. like it was so convincing though because he played the FBI agent to a T. And I like very frustrated him to leave in magic, all this other stuff, and got conned the whole way. And I was like, and then twisted us, and he didn't con. He was conning the rest of the world and even the magicians. And I was like, all right, this is blowing my mind. So I'm very curious to see what they do for the second movie, nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, because we haven't, obviously, we haven't seen that one at all either. I, I love the interrogation scene when, mm. when you've got uh, Atlas played by Eisenberg, and he jumps up out of his chair and suddenly the cuffs are on mm-hmm. Ruffalo's agent. Yeah, he just he just and does that like, this that's the little motion and it slams onto him. And like uh-huh. even that scene, like he took the phone and switched out, put the thing in there and dropped his phone back on there. He put the bug in. I'm just like, God, these guys are like well, being a magician is probably an awesome thing to do. And <laughs> in the process of the cuff switching, he somehow gets the key right which he drops in the soft drink. Yeah, which was still closed. And I'm like, how? I don't understand how. The, uh, magicians are weird, man. They're, <laughs> I wish. I always wish I was born with that talent. Not anywhere close. But uh, it's definitely a fun movie. I gave it three and a half stars mm. on Letterboxd. I had, um, I had four and a half personally. I just, I love yeah. this movie. I love magic and things like that yeah. just because I've never yeah. been privy to it. I mean, like, I really liked Woody Harrelson's character, McKinney. Like the yeah. way he was able to, they say he deduced things, but he also hypnotized everybody. Mm-hmm. And that was just fun. And then like uh, with Morgan Freeman's role as Thaddeus, which, you know, he was, got scammed or something by Shrike. No, he got shot out of the, the magician world and decided to say, you know, I'm going to use my talents to debunk everybody and show the world how these tricks are done. And that was part of Shrike being dead too, or some somehow down the road it was Shrike. I think being he dead. trained under him. Yeah. And then 
And so he goes and records all these magician shows and debunks them all. And that was his whole role in the movie was debunking um, mm-hmm. the Four Horsemen, which is a badass name and a badass logo they had too. And so like they're like, oh, there's, oh, there's four Horsemen of Death, so who's the fifth? Well, there's five Horsemen of Death, so who's the fifth one? And no one can figure out who it was, but it was the FBI agent the whole time. Yeah. Oh, what a what a scene. What a movie. I love the way that we meet Harrelson's character. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's at he's, a little casino. Not a casino, but like a, doing parties. <laughs> yeah, but he's hypnotized this lady. And um, while he has her hypnotized, he starts on her husband. And he deduces that her husband, when he went on a business trip, what he claimed was a business trip, he had actually gone away with his wife's sister mm-hmm. for a fling. <laughs> the wife is still hypnotized. Right, so she's asleep. He basically blackmails the husband. And it, what was it, like 250 bucks that he takes out of his wallet? Yeah. And, and however much you got. <laughs> and while he's got him hypnotized, right, he's he's like, Whenever you see her sister, you're gonna think of me naked, right? Or hear her, her her name, anything. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was great. And the actor that played the guy, I forget. Um, uh, Douglas M. Griffin was his guy. The hypnotized man is all he saw IMDb. But like, you could tell when he saw him. Whenever he looked at Woody Harrelson when he came out of the hypnotizing trance, you could tell he was thinking of him naked because his face was disgusted. I was like, oh, this is so good. Oh, what a that was really well done. And of course, uh, Isla Fisher. We we meet her at first doing the um, escape trick in the tank of water, which I thought went wrong, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So, because I mean, they they had the red of the blood, I was like, oh, okay. So this one's not painting out well. And then she's in right. the back. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Classic, classic misdirection. Well, and and I mentioned to you pre-show that I'd read something that it pops up occasionally on like Facebook and stuff that one of the run-throughs of that scene did go wrong. She Apparently the chain got stuck uh, when she was supposed to be able to, you know, there's a point where she pops the chain loose mm-hmm. and comes up to the surface right before the piranhas drop. And uh, apparently it really got stuck, and she almost drowned because everybody thought she was still acting. Yeah, and like they, I Googled it. This is on LA uh, D Bible by Jess Hardman. They did an interview with her. Uh, she said, I was in a tank of water. My character was submerged in a tank and a piranha dropped her on the head. And whilst in there, we shot it over three and a half days. Even though I had a quick release magnetic thing on my handcuffs, the chain went between my ankles and my wrist and was not able to be broken. And it got stuck underneath the slat and I was trapped. I was very scared. I was banging, saying, set me free. But everyone just thought I was doing fabulous acting. They thought I was being Meryl Streep in the tank. Actually, I was really drowning. All those things was about me on the autopsy table, bloated with a swimming costume and heels, and how humiliating that would be. She said she continued. They had walked through all the safety protocols. There was a quick release switch that could have emptied the tank in over 70 seconds. They had all these procedures set up, but I realized we'd forgotten one basic thing, which is that you need a safety word or safety signal when things were going wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <So>. Definitely. <laughs> um, but check it out. If, if you haven't seen it yet, it's definitely worth a watch. If you have seen it, especially if you saw it when it came out, watch it again. It's on Amazon. The only thing I didn't like about watching it on Amazon, I guess they have a some sort of deal where when I watched it, it said it was ad-free with Freebie. Mm-hmm. I don't have Freebie. So every so often, 
it seemed like at the most dramatic parts of the movie. Oh, you commercial. That's what in. we saw that, and I said, I'm just gonna rent it. It was two dollars. I was like, I'm just gonna rent this because now I want it. Now I want to own the movie. So, yeah. All right, next week we're gonna watch Now You See Me Too. Yeah, good choice. That's I'm excited. Oh. That was actually a, a Jamie recommendation. She goes, can we watch the second one, this next one? She goes, you guys are in the movie. And I said, I don't think we have one set up yet. She goes, can we do the second one? And I said, I'll see. So, <laughs> Good choice. I think maybe we should have her pick our movies. Well, I don't know if you want that. Oh, uh, okay. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> or, hey, well, she's definitely got to help us put the October slate mm-hmm. together. Because she knows what scares you. Yeah, so. and that's not very nice. So, <laughs> All right, on the news. Uh, we touched on this, I think, uh, the initial news of it, what, two or three episodes ago. Um, but DC fans, this comes from comicbook.com, Spencer Perry. DC fans can't believe the Wonder Twin movie's reported budget. Uh, earlier today came confirmation the Wonder Twins movie itself just announced three months ago um, had officially been scrapped at HBO Max. According to reports, the film was a casualty of the WB Discovery merger and came about as a result of Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav wanting to put a ceiling on the cost of original movies for the streaming service. He apparently wants movies for HBO Max to have a maximum budget of $35 million. Okay, so he wants them to be independent films. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's expensive even for an independent movie, but that's not a not, studio. Not even a superhero movie. Blockbuster. <laughs> now, some, but apparently the Wonder Twins movie had a $75 million budget. Which makes sense for um, a superhero film. Riverdale's K.J. Appa and 1883's Isabel May had been cast in the lead roles of Zan and Jaina just over a month ago. Um, in an interview just days before the film would be canceled, May expressed her excitement for the role and offered a tease of the tone they were aiming for, telling uh, the playlist, the binge-worthy podcast, I love learning about certain characters, so I've read all of the comics. I know they're kind of the butt of the joke sort of thing, but that's what's so fun about it, is you can kind of go anywhere with it. So I've read all the comic books that they're in, and even watched the show Super Friends, and it's not that, okay? It's a different era. We're kind of doing a different thing. I guess I can't really say anything, but I think the approach is really unique and fun. Um, what's so heartbreaking? <laughs> It's so bad. I feel so bad for her well, now. And it's kind of like uh, here in the next paragraph, it says fans couldn't believe that it was even being considered for a film anyway. No, it should have been a TV show. Well, we talked about that when we talked about the castings of it. I feel like it would have been, if you're going to do those characters, they should have been worked into like Legends of Tomorrow mm-hmm. or something where they could have they could have goofed on the traditional right. version of the character and then <sighs> had it evolve that's oh my that's so bad i'm glad they canceled that yeah i'm sorry for the people that were lined up to work on it that now don't have that work but that was not a positive Mm -mm. 
Speaking I think of that was my positive. reaction. <laughs> yeah. Well. From the Hollywood Reporter and Boris Kitt. This is from their Heat Vision section, apparently. Um, Stanley returns to Marvel Studios with Genius Brands POW Entertainment licensing deal. Now you're probably thinking, but wait a minute, guys. Stanley passed away a few years ago. He did. Mm-hmm. But this new 20-year deal includes future appearances in Marvel movies and TV series, along with apparel and theme park experiences. It's basically licensing his image. Um, it's. How do you feel about this? I I understand doing something in in the way of like apparel and stuff because mm-hmm. who doesn't want to have a cool looking Stanley T-shirt or something right. like that, right? Um, being able to do stuff at theme parks where you might want to use his likeness. Mm-hmm. But the primary thing that they're wanting for the TV shows and the films is they want to use basically deep fake technology to insert him into these films and TV shows. I'm not okay know, with it. Man. Nah, I'm not okay with I that. Mean, I mean... He loved the cameos, mm-hmm. so I think that's probably where they're coming from. Like, he really loved doing this, so let's keep it going. There's two questions I've got. Are they going to go as far as having him speak, or are mm-hmm. we just going to see him in, in scenes? Right, to the likeness of him. Right. The other thing is, because we know, like, George Lucas has gone back and done stuff to the original Star Wars movies with the special effects and everything. Are they going to go back to the projects that were done after Stanley passed away before this deal mm. and kind of fit him in somewhere? Oh, see, I didn't even thought re- about that. And and release the new Stanley edition of the movie. Because uh, I I could I could see that kind of a cash grab. Mm-hmm. That's. I wonder who. Who made this? Like, is the Lee family getting any of this money? Or is it just the ones that, just the people that own rights to things? And like it, I don't know, it just kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. When I first read this, I was like, no, no. And just let him rest in peace. And yeah, like you said, he loved doing the cameos and things. But I don't also don't know if he said in a will somewhere or to somebody, right. like when I'm dead and gone, you know, you can still use me. Put me in things if you have it. I just don't. I don't know if those discussions were ever made or done, but I don't know, it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Like I'm with you, fight like t t-shirts and things like that. Like in the in the uh, theme park, would be awesome. But going back and putting him as far as putting him in shows and entertainment, I'm like, mm, I I don't. I just just leaves a weird taste in my mouth. Yeah, I mean. Trying to think of where now the article does go on to say it doesn't mean that that's going to happen, right? But it it does note that that's what's happened with like Peter Cushing and Carrie Fisher in the mm-hmm. Star Wars movies, and um, it does note, um, it gives them permission to use his name, voice, likeness, and signature in movies and television projects as well as to use images, existing footage, and existing audio recordings. The existing stuff, him. I'm down for. 
because of yeah. it. Yeah, I. It's like with Michael Jackson's music, like he's had and Prince as well. They both have had multiple audio tracks and songs and things that have not seen the light of day yet, but they're stuck in legal mumbo jumbo. And I feel like if you if you record it and everything with the intent to be published and put out in the world, then put it out in the world. Um, but I think it's just it's one of those things where it's uh, who owns the rights and who who stands to benefit from it. Yeah, it's it's going to be. I think it's going to come down to how do they how do they do it? Like mm-hmm. if if in Guardians three. Because you know we we already know Thor's in Guardians three. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's wearing like a T-shirt with Stanley's face on it, right? I'm all for that. Yeah. Um, maybe I I might even be all for it if if they needed a voice for an AI system or something, and it was oh, and they that would be used cool. Stanley's be voice. I'd be okay with that, but if he's suddenly like sitting mm-hmm. in a scene and it's obviously CGI'd, yeah, you know, I know. It's, deep fake down kinda, audio yeah. recordings, yeah, no, 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 I'm, I'm okay with that. Odd. I'm not okay with that either. I don't know. That'd be odd. We'll see. We'll see if they. I think a lot of people are going to kind of think of, along the lines of what we're thinking, and and so I think they'll tread lightly with that. I hope so. Because if not, that's no. that's real dirty. I don't like it. I mean, I would expect something along the lines of, like you know, you you pull out a box of cereal, and it's his face where yeah. you would normally have like a mascot's face or something like that. That's the kind of thing I'm hoping that they do. Just little homages like that. Like, yeah, right. he's still here. We we haven't forgotten him. But mm. next up from. Uh, I've never seen this source before. So, neither had I when I was pulling it up, but it's the only one that had the numbers on it. Everyone else was talking about it surpassed it because, you know, it's still in theaters. But I'm like, I want numbers. We, I need numbers to read here. So, This is from the the Hindustan Times. Mm-hmm. I don't know if... Okay. New Delhi is where it's at somewhere. Okay. Um, and the only byline I see is by HT Entertainment Desk. Nope, that's the one. <laughs> So I'm gonna assume that they don't do individual credits. Probably not. If this news, okay. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness overtakes The Batman to become highest-grossing film of 2022. Um, let's get to the numbers. Uh, let's see. It says as of Saturday. It doesn't say which Saturday. It was this. But week. I'm gonna assume it's this no, most yeah, recent yeah. Saturday. As of Saturday, the Marvel film had earned over eight. Hundred million dollars globally. The Batman, which released in March, has a lifetime earnings of six seven hundred and sixty nine million. I so didn't see this already... one coming. Um. Uh, yeah, I expected it to take longer though than yeah three weeks. It says according to for to the Forbes report, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness has now earned over three hundred fifty million in the U.S. And an additional four hundred sixty-five million overseas, giving it a global gross of eight hundred fifteen million, approximately. Trade experts predict the film to complete nine hundred fifty million globally, but are uncertain if it will reach the billion-dollar mark. 
Do you think it'll hit a billion? I think it'll hit a billion. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what I'm curious about is, will Top Gun overtake it? Oh, because you've Cause... got a you've got a different crowd going to see Top Gun. I want to see it. Um, I don't know if I will in theaters or not. I'm I'm sure I will. I really wanted to watch The Northman and never got to see it in theaters, which I'm really actually pretty bummed about. But um, yeah, man, I don't know. It's with Multiverse of Madness as well. Like they haven't released it in China and places like that because of not China, Saudi Arabia, because of the the LGBTQ plus scene, which mm-hmm. was not even. So right. Which hurts its billion dollar chance, I think. But man, I don't know. I think I'm curious to see. We should have Top Gun numbers this week. That should already happen, right? No, they won't do it until after tomorrow because it's Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I saw a headline earlier. I didn't get to open the story oh. up though. Okay, so they said fi- it's 151 million dollars. They said it's the biggest movie opening weekend of Tom Cruise's career, which is insane to me. He's had a lot of movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Paramount's not calling the four-day weekend for Top Gun Maverick. Oh, I'm, I had a deadline by uh, Anthony Del Sandro at 151 million after a 38 million Saturday, which is technically up 16% from Friday's 13, 32.7 million dollars. So that's a lot of money. Worldwide, it is at 248 million. It's, again, which is also the best Tom Cruise has ever done. Yeah. Whew. It's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, that's for sure. But we'll see. I I want to see it too. I love the original. I, I need so. to go back. I haven't seen the original since I was a kid. And I remember loving it. And I have heard nothing but great things about uh, Maverick. And I'm like, oh, now I've got FOMO and I really need to go out and see it. So... <laughs> If you wait much longer, though, it'll be out on streaming. So yeah, they'll put it on Paramount Plus, and that's something else I have to go and download and buy. And, and the streaming industry is really turning into the cable industry at this point. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all we have for movie news. No new releases coming out this week. Unfortunately, uh, of note. I need some new movies in my life. So. Well, you're gonna get now. You can see me too. I know. I'm really excited about that one. It's gonna be a fun watch, Chris. What do you have you been playing anything this week? This past two weeks as well, or are you just hit nothing? Uh, TV shows up. Uh, no, I mean I've I've been gaming some, but nothing out of the norm. Yeah. Mm. I have been playing Skyrim again. Script me, you know I've got this big backlog and you start playing on, but no, let me right. go back to the game I've already sunk over a hundred hours into and played everything before. So why not? Uh, it's just like one of those. Isn't that games. what we do? Yeah, it's just that comfort, you know, I guess. But I'm a 10-year-old game, and here I am still playing it. But it's, mm, when I'm supposed to be doing other things, it's easy to pause and then do what I'm supposed to be doing and then come back to. I'm not going to say what it is. Uh, and then I've also been playing Destiny 2's new season, Season of the Haunted, and I am not okay with it. And what I mean by that is, it is May slash June, and they release a Season of the Haunted. Chris, let me tell you. It's frightening, and I'm not okay with it. I'm used to this October, November style stuff. Well, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. They hit me with a summer new season of The Haunted, and it, it's pretty scary. 
So so they got you. Yeah, yeah, they got me. There's some jump scares in some of the missions. Not a fan. Don't appreciate those either. And it um, and seeing everybody else's reaction to it is funny. I mean, it's a really good solid season, which Bungie is just on a roll for everything they've been doing recently. And yeah. this one is no exception. And it's so, it's so much fun. And they had some new activities to do and a lot of story content. But I don't appreciate the, the haunting things. So, uh, video game news. I have not, I'm trying to think, I haven't played anything else really besides those two. That have been my, my mainly go-to games right now. But Sony has illustrated the high demand levels for PlayStation 5 in a report this past week. Um, in the U.S., PlayStation 5 is selling 80,000 units in 82 minutes when available, compared to PlayStation 4 selling 80,000 units in nine days at the same stage in the life cycle. Mm. Uh, PlayStation 5, there is nearly 1,000. Again, this is all when it's available. PlayStation 5 nearly sells 1,000 units per minute. PlayStation 4, back at the same time, sold six per minute, which these numbers are staggering and crazy to me they have a whole little grant that they put up one during the one of their little press things um let's see purchase interest in playstation console and it says one year after each console's launch year and for north america only november 2021 55 percent expressed interest in playstation 5 in 2014 in november only 28 percent were interested in the playstation 4 which it just shows a lot of their first party titles and what it has done for the next generation is what it really shows for me uh, I'm a big numbers yeah. guy, so when I see all this stuff, I'm just, I get a little giddy, which is crazy to me that PlayStation 5 sells 80,000 units in 82 minutes, but the PlayStation 4 did that much in nine days. It just, stuff like that's weird and a weird breakdown, but that's what all these analysts see and do. And I mean, PlayStation 5, it's supposed to be more readily available in 2023, but we will see because we have not seen that yet. Unfortunately, no. Luckily, we both got ours. But. Yes. Oh, luckily that was. Oh, mm, what a time that I never would go back and live through. Um, PlayStation. My next one is about PlayStation as well. PlayStation and Netflix are planning a series based on the Horizon video game series, and I am so excited to go to TheVerge.com by Mitchell Clark for this one. Sony is continuing to go all in on turning its flagship video games into TV shows and movies, according to Variety. The company announced that it's making a show based on Horizon Zero Dawn with Netflix and an event for investors. Sony is also working on a movie based on the Gran Turismo series, according to Deadline, but hasn't found a distributor for it yet and could feature Neil Blomkamp from District 9 and Chappie as its director. Uh, the writer says, I'm very curious as to see what the plan for the series is. Variety just says it'll be about racing. Well, I mean, duh. Uh, both projects are reported to be in early development, so it likely won't be streaming them for quite a while. A while, However, the fact that Sony's continuing to introduce new TV and movie projects shows that the company is pretty committed to expanding the PlayStation brand beyond just hardware and video games. PlayStation Productions currently has several other projects in the works, 10 in total, according to Sony Pictures Entertainment CEO Tony Vincicetta. Uh, it's also reportedly working on a Twisted Metal series on Peacock, which that's an Anthony Mackie in. A God of War mm. show for Amazon Prime we talked about. An adaptation of Last of Us for HBO, which is should be soon-ish. A Ghost of Tsushima movie and a Metal Gear Solid movie. But, so, PlayStation also bought, or Sony also bought Bungie with the intent mm. to make more live service games. 
but also part of the deal was to make um, film and TV series on the Destiny franchise. And that gets me more excited than Horizon Zero Dawn does, but Horizon Zero Dawn at Netflix for a TV series, I am all in. I mean, I cannot wait for more of this and whatever iteration they want to bring in. I can't wait, whether it focuses on Aloy or not, which I don't know why it wouldn't focus on Aloy, but I can't. Like, when this broke, I, I'm, I was giddy all day long, so I'm excited for how it. Do you, how do you think Destiny would translate, uh, especially with people that haven't played the games? Do you think it would pull people in? I don't know how they would do it. I don't know if they'd use the voice actors like... Um, Zavala, the, my main commander for the Titans, is uh, God, why, why am I blanking on his name right now? He's in everything. He's even in Horizon Zero Dawn. Lance Riddick, and which I would l- absolutely love for him to reprise his role as Zavala, which he, he easily could. Um, see, I don't know how you would do that though, story because there's so much story and lore in Destiny, and I don't know how they would translate that over. But I mean. Their story beats and CGI trailers and uh, cutscenes in the game are really well done. But like I'm with you. I don't know how you would bring in the people that don't play the game or aren't familiar with it. So, I mean, that's that's a toughie. I, don't, I wouldn't even know how to fathom to do that. But Sony has confidence in Bungie to do it. So, we'll see. Hopefully yeah. sooner rather than later, personally. Um. Uh, New releases this week. I've got nothing, nothing again, and we got the PlayStation Showcase coming up this week. It is going to be a um, they said focusing on third party games and an update on something else. Nothing big. Nothing, God of War is not going to be in it, and nothing in first party. It's going to be third of uh, oh PlayStation VR two will be what it's focused on. I imagine we'll get a release date for it and mm-hmm. some more games for it, but. Other than that, it's we're getting to E three season. I mean, we got was it two week, two or three weeks for E three proper two weeks. So and I can't wait because that's my favorite time of the year, and it's just going to be so exciting because Xbox and Bethesda showcase is what I'm more excited about than anything. So we'll see. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for listening and watching this episode of the Nerdwide Podcast. Don't forget to sh- uh, subscribe on all your favorite podcast services and YouTube. Don't forget to share on all your favorite social media platforms. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcasting apps. On social media, you can follow Nerdwide on Twitter at nerd underscore wide, me at Ty underscore Haynes, and Chris at mavtn 7 On Facebook, search in nerdwide.com. We're the first thing to pop up there. And that's how you get our notifications of when the episodes go live. Again, make sure you watch the Fixing DC little segment we did on our YouTube and listen to it on our podcasting service. Let us know how you would fix the DC. And also go to R.S. Mallet's uh, book review of the Morian Treasure that we did. And make sure you let us know how you enjoyed that as well and if you want to read that book. But guys, that has been this week's episode of the Nerdway Podcast. Thank you, and we cannot wait to see you next week. We've got the boys and Superman and Lois coming back finally. It's going to be fun. I can't wait. Yeah. Later, guys.